Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Breaking news. In case you missed it. Late last night, the Tampa Bay Times and yours truly reported that starting today, Bucks center Ryan Jensen will begin his 21-day window of practice. He can be activated at any time during the next three weeks and, yes, could presumably play as early as Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Now, let's be honest about this. It's very unlikely that would happen. And really, the Bucks don't know what to expect. Jensen suffered that significant knee injury the second day of training camp. They kept him on the 53-man roster so that he could be recalled from IR and potentially play. And now he's going to get a chance. He's well enough to at least go out there and start doing some football activities. That doesn't mean, and the Bucks don't know, what the outcome's going to be. They're, they are really just waiting to see, but he's at least gotten to this point where he can get on the practice field. And he's a tough guy. Look, if, if he can play and play at a high level, and we're talking about, you know, heading into the postseason, and of course Sunday's game will determine go a long way to determine whether the Bucks are in the postseason, um, this would be a huge get for them in their offensive line. We know all the problems they've had, the injuries. Um, certainly he's the tone setter on that offensive line. But, Steve, there's a couple of things about this, and we're going to get to our mailbag questions here in just a minute. But, I mean, we don't know what kind of Ryan Jensen you're going to get. We've said this before. Unlike Vita Vea when he came back in 2020 for the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl, he had he had broken his leg. leg bones heal, right? They heal completely, and you know that because you've got x-rays. Um, there was a certain amount of, you know, cardio he had to do and get back in shape and these things. But, you know, there was always a possibility of him being cleared and, and being fairly, you know, functional out there as as a pass rusher. And they used him on pass rush downs. And they used him for just 33 snaps. But he was rotational. This is a center. You're not going to rotate your centers. So I don't know the chances that Ryan Jensen is actually going to ever play or when he would play. But I still think this is really significant for the Bucks to be able to put him out there on a the practice field. Well, I, I think if you look at the timing of it, too, you've got mm-hmm. two weeks left in the season. Yep. This is a 21-day window. Yep. To me, it says the Bucks are hopeful right. that he would be back for the first playoff game if they get there. Mm-hmm. Right. The home playoff right. game, as you know, assuming they win the division. Sure. You're not going to see him this week, I wouldn't think. You'd rest everybody next week if they win, if they beat Carolina and win the division. If you win this week, you're definitely not seeing him next week. Sure. There's no no need to rush it back. He's a veteran. Right. You know what he is. You right. Know, he's been in this offense. You know, you're not worried about him that way. So you wouldn't play him a couple plays if he was cleared to get out there and, and, and you treat it like a preseason game just to get a feel for it, you think, against Atlanta? or? Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't do that if nothing else. It, it, presumably... 
you're going to have a lot of backups there anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's taking one of your roster spots just to play a couple plays, you're awful thin there. Yeah, and what would be the point of getting him re-injured in a, in mm-hmm. a game that means absolutely nothing? Yeah, so I mean, to me, this is this is they're hopeful mm-hmm. for the first playoff game. If he's not ready for then, then that 21 day window will expire before a second playoff game, assuming the Bucks would win that first. Well, in which case, he just won't be back. Yeah. Right. So you know they've got at this point they have to make the decision before the first the second playoff game. game. Right. 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 You know, assuming that they would make the playoffs and then win that first one. So, I mean, this was the scenario they hoped for at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Which is why they didn't end his season then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kept him on the 53. Yeah. If they if they had put him on IR at any point before they made their final cuts, he would have been ineligible for recall. So that's why they mm-hmm. kept him on the 53. And then, and then I IR'd him after that Wednesday when the rosters came out. Yep. And this is what he's been working for. And granted, they had hoped that the team would have already been in the playoffs at this point, and he was getting right. ready for that. It's a different sure. scenario, which can lead some fans potentially to want him back this week. I of think I, I can't imagine he would be back this week. I, I don't I mean, think so. I mean, you know, but granted, I don't know. we don't see practice. And yeah, you're out there. Know. You see, you know, thirty minutes of practice in that. And we don't see Ryan because you don't. What you don't want to do is bring him back this week, and then a series or two in, he can't go anymore. Like, that would be bad. Well, no. would you even put him out there if you thought that was a possibility? I don't I don't think you'd play him at all if you didn't yeah. think he could be a pretty fair semblance of Ryan Jensen. I mean, here's the thing. Ryan Jensen, in addition to his ability, and he was a Pro Bowl player last year, what he brings is is he's a tone setter. It's his attitude, right? It, it's, it's, you know, great player. I mean, you can't, you know, Pro Bowlers don't grow on trees, as they say. Um, but but it's sort of how much better the rest of your offensive line would be. Just spitballing here, and I don't know anything about anything. If Ryan Jensen were to come back, if he were to be able to play and play at a at a Ryan Jensen level, or a facsimile thereof, or close to it, I'm assuming Robert Hainsey's going to play guard. Yeah, I'm assuming that he's a better option than Nick Leverett. So you you help you help yourself in two positions, mm-hmm. the center position, which is key. And again, it's Ryan Jensen that you're getting back. It's not just the center. It's the guy that's going to set the tone. And then you improve yourself at guard because Hainsey um, is is a much better player, I think, than Nick Leverett, who's kind of hung in there and done done a better job, obviously, than the rookie Lugetti. But um, that's not to say you could get better at two positions if well, Ryan Jensen is able to come back. And can Nick Leverett slide out to tackle if Donovan Smith's not back yet? Well, and that's a whole nother. Yeah, you've got a whole bunch of other issues with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you Knowing know, that, Josh that, Wells is out for the season now. Right. He's on IR. He was placed on IR. We wrote that about that in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. And so their tackle position, I mean, this is the thing, right? It, it's the way the year has gone for the Bucks. Remember last year, it was like the whole secondary was obliterated, right? That was the thing, right? It was just, it, I mean, you're getting Coach Sherman off the couch, all that stuff. But it was just one injury after another. They never were together. Uh, I think they were the whole year, and there wasn't the same four or five guys back there. And and it hurt them. You know, they, they, they were holding their water a little bit. They were giving up a ton of yards, ton of points, and, you know, somehow finding ways to win. But uh, it, was, it was a juggling act, and they couldn't be aggressive, and they couldn't play the type of defense they wanted to. 
This year, it has been a series of positions. It has been, you know, the secondary one day, the outside linebackers another day. Uh, and then most recently, consistently now, it's been the offensive line. And now it's the tackles, right? I mean, you know, Josh Wells was their third tackle, and he's out for the year now. But you've had Donovan Smith, who hyperextended his elbow in week one, missed a couple games, came back, wasn't playing particularly well, and then had a foot injury, and he missed last week. You had Josh, I'm sorry, you had uh, Tristan Wirfs, um, who looked like he was going to suffer a season-ending injury there for a while. I was kind of stunned that uh, you know they that he didn't have something more serious, uh, but he missed three games, and he was able to come back in this game against Arizona, but Donovan was out, so Wells moved to left tackle this time, and then he got hurt. Um, and then Tristan Wirfs aggravated his ankle injury. So we don't know, as we do this podcast, whether either starting tackle is going to be available for them, and we know that Josh Wells is not. So where are you at in that situation? So, again, we're talking about Ryan Jensen unlikely to play, I think, personally, and I don't know, but unlikely probably to play this week against Carolina. And you could have both tackles out. But if you get all those guys back, say Wirfs is able to fight through whatever aggravation, you know, of the ankle that he had, um, say Donovan Smith is able to come back, you could have, you know, three-fifths of your of your offensive line finally together in addition to a, a, an improved Robert Hainsey that has played at least all season, albeit at center. He's played a full season now as a starter taking over uh, at that guard position, and and he can replace Nick Leverett. And then, you know, Shaq Mason got Pro Bowl votes, which is stunning to me, but he's played okay. So how much better? What if all of a sudden the key is to your running game is just that, those two guys inside working together and Ryan Jensen providing the attitude, and all of a sudden a team that is last in the league in rushing finds its legs and can protect Brady. More importantly, and this is the biggest thing of all of this, it's psychological. Right, mm-hmm. as much as anything, it's who Tom Brady trusts the most. Yep. Right, the guy that that is directly at his feet, the guy that uh, he knows if somebody gets if somebody wins inside between the guard and the center position, that he's vulnerable back there, and that's why the ball's been coming out so fast. That's why they haven't had explosive plays uh, when they had had some shots down the field. He's missed them. He's had some interceptions, especially in the last three weeks. Um, this changes the confidence level of your quarterback, who, when confident, there's never been a better one in the history of the game. Does he wait that split second longer? Absolutely. For routes That's to it. develop, for guys yeah. to get open, yeah, to make that, that throw, to sure. step into the throw better and maybe connect on those deep passes better. Absolutely. You know, all Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Just so big. You know, knowing that Jensen's up there mm-hmm. does that, but also – Knowing when there's an issue or a problem, he adds that snarl, that grit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think it. I think it. It could buoy the whole offensive line. I think emotionally, it's a lift already. Just that he's going to be at practice. Like I, mm-hmm. whether he plays or not this Sunday, the fact that Ryan Jensen's going to play football, I'm telling you, the impact that will have psychologically will be big. Now you need him on the field because it's great to be rah rah. Um, by the same token, if he can't make it back, it's going to be a big bummer, right? And I'm here to tell you, like, le- legit, they don't know. Like, usually you have kind of an idea. You've seen the guy. 
Trainers have been working with him. They're like, oh, yeah, it takes about probably take him about a week to get going. He'll be all right. They don't know. Like, I, the word I've been told is we're, we're, we're kind of day-to-day with this. You know, like, it's almost a sort of a guarded skepticism rather than optimism, right? It's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to let him try it here, and it's now or never kind of thing. But it's still it's still a, a big, big damn story. It's it's a big a, a big because this is listen, I've done this a while, and it's funny because a couple things. One, and I've confirmed this, Ryan Jensen never had surgery, right? We watched this guy go down in such a heap and get carted off as if season over, right? The kind of sort of the kind of carting off you saw with Josh Wells, right? And all the while we're thinking, well, that's an ACL, that's an MCL, that's that's surgery, uh, we'll see you next training camp. He never had surgery. Now, was, you know, would it have helped him completely heal? But what cost him the season if he had had surgery? I hope not, because if Ryan Jensen has opted to do it this way on the just the mere chance that he could play in the postseason or at the end of the regular season, but not knowing, and then need surgery after this, regardless of the outcome, that could cost him a big portion of next year, right? If it was an ACL or so. We don't know. I've never seen somebody go on IR where so little about the injury was ever, and I mean ever, disclosed. We're not talking about HIPAA here, folks. They do this all the time, right? And all we would get was, the first three weeks, well, we don't really know. We're waiting for the swelling to go down. Well, let me tell you, if that swelling hasn't gone down by now, then he's got a bigger problem than his knee. And at the end of the day, uh, he opted to not have surgery, and I think that was for this very chance to get back before the year was over. And so here he is, and he'll get to go on the field uh, starting today. He'll have 21 days that they can activate him anytime, they, anytime during that period. Um, and when they do you know, he can play right away. So so not to be confusing, he doesn't have to be out 21 days. It's just merely a window where he can begin practicing. And I think him being on that practice field with his fellow offensive linemen who will pick up some of that snarl. You know, it's it's one thing to say I played with Ryan Jensen. I know Ryan Jensen. Um, I know how he plays, all that, right? But if he's not around, I mean, when you're injured, you're not even part of the team. You know, you're you're with trainers, you're with doctors, you're not out there practicing, you're not out there, you know, uh, necessarily in all the meanings. Like, you, you support the guys and you might be on the sidelines and give them pointers. You know where we saw him last? Before the Cincinnati Bengals game, knee brace on his knee, his left knee, he was snapping the ball. You know how when they first the quarterbacks first come out, one of the first things they do is they meet with the centers and that, yes, they practice the center quarterback exchange. It's very important. You can't neglect something as simple as that. Well, Ryan Jensen snapped the ball to Tom Brady a few times the other night when they were going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. And so that was like a kind of a sign like, hmm, okay. So now he's actually in a crouch. He's snapping the ball. That's a long way, uh, you know, basically against air, if you will, uh, from playing against, you know, the Dallas Cowboys in week, week one of the playoffs in the wild card round. So we don't know what we don't know, but it was. I, I looked at that and I said, "Wow, that's kind of a big step, man." He's actually out there before a game, snapping the ball to Tom Brady. You see how it feels. So, 
look, man, we'll see. I, I think it's going to give them a lift just to see him. He's a great personality. He's a really good player. He's the first player that the Bucks signed after Tom Brady announced he was returning from his retirement because it's the start of the free agent signing period began. They signed him to like a three-year, $36 million contract um, at age, what, 30, 31. So they've invested a lot in him, and it was just like the worst guy. I mean, obviously you don't want to lose Tristan Wirfs. I mean, he's an all-pro. You don't want to lose Donovan Smith because left tackles don't grow on trees. But really, losing Ryan Jensen, I think, probably had a bigger impact than if you'd have lost one of those tackles because I just think the way Tom plays the game, always in the pocket. He can see guys went off the edge, and he will get rid of that ball. And he, unfortunately, he's gotten rid of it way too fast. But inside, at his feet, that's where he's the least comfortable if, if he's getting penetration and, and people around him because he's always in the pocket. And he's very limited that way in terms of mobility. Functional, can avoid hits, but not somebody that's going to extend anything. So having Big Red back... Uh, if he can get him back, is going to be huge for this team. And we'll just have to see. But it was a significant development. Um, came in sort of in the evening on Tuesday night. You can read it in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Hey, you know, this cold snap has not really abated that much. It's going to take a little while before that happens. And I know you had your heat running all the time like mine. That means your electric bill's going up. We got a way for you to save money on your electric bill. Listen to me now. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems for a dozen years in the Tampa Bay area, all over Florida, as a matter of fact, and in the field with all these companies that knock on your door. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's the difference. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. 30 years. So if anything goes wrong, they come out, they repair it, no cost to you. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the main difference. If you visit their Hutchins showroom, May Electric displays all their products, and they conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, all those guys on the roof up there. Those are Billy Mays guys. You know who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727 727- 819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, quickly, I know we talked about this a little bit uh, the other night uh, on the podcast, but I did write a story I want you to check out on TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times. And you know, it was shocking when Lenny came out the other day and was pushing back on some of his uh, – people that were knocking him about his weight or whatever, and he, he revealed that he was playing with a Liz Frank injury. And we talked about it again the other night. But here's the thing. Um, he's playing so well, and if you go back and, and kind of watch the game as I have, uh, this is this is the most, you know, he had like 30 touches. I mean, 29, I guess it was 20 carries and nine, or nine receptions, but 10 targets. They gave him a full workload. This was sort of the the playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, that sort of thing. And I still think Rashad White's the primary back. He's the starter. Lenny has handled this really, really well. Um, but I had a chance to talk to him after the game. Uh, I did write about that story. Could we see a return of playoff Lenny? And uh, you want to check that out on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. Okay, we got some mailback questions today. We'll probably hold some over for tomorrow as well. But uh, let's get started. All right, Mike had tweeted us. He says, fair or not, 
there is some perception out there that age is catching up with Tom Brady. Could we see an offseason where the Bucks would be the only team interested in signing him if he doesn't retire? Well, here's what's always hard for me about that is what is interest, right? Like, there were a lot of teams interested the last time he was a free agent. Now, that was three years ago, okay? And when you say interest, does that ever does that ever evolve to, yeah, we were really negotiating, right? We were really trying to figure out how we could get him to sign on the dotted line. I think with a player like Brady, it's more about what does he want, right? Like, what is he looking for? Because obviously, as an organization, you got to have those conversations, you know, before you talk to Tom, which is, hey, where are we at the quarterback position? You know, what can we do? You know, we talked a lot about San Francisco, and at the time, and I've talked to John Lynch about this, they had a discussion, they had meetings about it. Uh, the problem was Jimmy Garoppolo was coming off a Super Bowl where they lost, had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, but he was under contract for a number of years. There's huge salary cap ramifications, and they believed in Jimmy. You know, they thought they were going to go back with him. Um, and, in fact, you know, even after they pretty much replaced him with Trey Lance and he was kind of dangling out there, he ended up having to play this year, and then he got hurt. So there were other teams like that that sort of had those discussions. I think a lot of them did. You know, you, you think Mike Vrabel had to have that discussion and having Ryan Tannehill. And probably a lot of teams that regret not pulling the trigger if if they could have pushed harder and maybe gotten Tom. I don't know. We heard about the Chargers at the time. heard about a lot of teams. Um, even the Raiders at one point. But just like last time, ultimately it's what does Tom want? Does Tom want to stay on the East Coast? Because you can make an argument, and I would, I'm sure they'll have another conversation, that the San Francisco 49ers, even though Brock Purdy has played great, now we don't know the rest of the story. If Brock Purdy goes to a Super Bowl and wins it, very unlikely they'll be in the market for a quarterback. They still have Trey Lance, and they gave up a ton of draft picks for him, and he's coming back. Okay, But if they don't make it, and you think you're one quarterback away with that great defense and all those talented receivers and running backs, Maybe you do take a flyer on him. The question is, what does Tom want? I've been told he ain't going to the West Coast. Like, you know, he, he, he's had a divorce. He has, you know, custody of his children with his ex-wife. Um, she certainly lives over here. He's got another son in New York. I, I don't see how you could have three kids that don't live with you full time and be playing on the West Coast, okay, or Las Vegas, where Josh McDaniels is and Derek Carr is supposedly on his way out of town. So what does Tom want? Where could he play? There was a story, and Mike Florio, who's a good colleague of mine that I know very, very well, respect his work, obviously, he wrote that uh, there's starting to be more buzz, quote-unquote, and this is interesting, about Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Remember, Sean Payton was the coach that Tom Brady wanted to join in Miami when all that fell apart, and the Dolphins ended up getting charged with tampering, and Stephen Ross was suspended, et cetera. Well, Sean Payton's talked about going back to coaching next year. And I know, you know, Denver just fired their head coach in uh with Hackett. And that looks looks like kind of an odd fit, I think, necessarily. But you could have a scenario, and this was written about in Pro Football Talk, where there's buzz about Sean Payton returning to New Orleans. 
with Tom Brady, and they would join each, each other with the Saints. He would come back to the team he just left with Tom Brady in the NFC South and play against Tampa Bay. I'm just telling you, I, I don't discount that rumor, um, and here's why. You know who talked the most about Miami and Tom Brady and how they, all of this kind of got out there? Sean Payton. Sean Payton is not shy about talking about things. Not on the record, but, boy, he talks to a lot of people. So watch for that. I don't, again, we're way too soon to know anything about what Tom, and Tom has said on his podcast the other night, I'm not even, I'm truly not thinking about that. I'm so focused on just trying to get in the playoffs, see how far we can push this team. And he goes, I know this, I'm not going to be in a hurry like I was last time. I'm going to take my time before I make any decisions, right? Whether to play, not to play, where to play, all of that. He's not going to be pressured, you know, into announcing anything right away. So isn't that interesting though? And I think you're going to have this, these sort of stories with probably 31 other teams. Um, but if he wants to play for Sean Payton, then Sean Payton has to find a job. And it's got to be a place that Tom Brady, you know, is acceptable to if they're going to join each other. So really interesting though, right? Could you imagine that? I mean, look, there was a time, I mean, he was trying to get to Miami. So so he'd have gone back into New England, not just playing them one time as he did with the Bucks, but gone. he would have gone back in there as a division rival against the Patriots, against the team that he was with all those years. Now he could potentially be coming back to Raymond James as a New Orleans Saint. <laughs> How weird would that be? All right, Jeff tweeted, If the Bucks drop the coaching staff, do you see any path for the Glazers to go after Sean Payton in a bid to keep Tom Brady one more year? Wow. Isn't that an interesting prospect? Really is. Um, again, not knowing how this season ends. Okay, they got a big game on Sunday. If catastrophe strikes and they lose the next two, or certainly that one, and they miss the playoffs as a result of it, they finish eight and nine or seven and ten. Could there be changes? Yeah, there could be. I mean, that's the business, right? The business is what it is. Um, the Glazers have never fired a coach after one season. They have fired him after two. But we're talking about Tom Brady here. And there's no singular bigger figure in this organization right now than the quarterback, that quarterback. And we know the Glazers are big game hunters. Huge. And Sean Payton's yes. big game. He's the biggest name out there, the most known commodity, uh, one of the best play callers in the history of, of the game, I think. And he's a free agent. Now, here's the problem. It'll never happen, and here's why. The New Orleans Saints still own his rights. And even though they can ask for a king's ransom in terms of compensation, there is no way, no way, he's going to Carolina or he's going to Tampa Bay. No way. Hell, they wouldn't even let him go to Miami. You know, the Dolphins, who clearly had a wink-wink, nod-nod deal for Peyton to come in there and coach and Brady to come in some capacity and join him, asked for permission 
from the Saints to interview Sean Payton after he had resigned. And they said no. And they're in the AFC. But I don't think they were thrilled with the plan. Right? I quit here. I show up there. So the simple answer is that'll never happen because there's no way the Saints would allow that. No matter how much compensation the Glazers wanted to give them. I mean, I, you, you know, how many draft picks would that be worth getting your butt kicked by your former coach and Tom Brady every week uh, or every, you know, twice a year? I, I just don't, I don't think it's possible. So that's my answer to Sean Payton in Tampa. Not going to happen or Carolina. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Buck Tank tweeted us. He said, ultimately, nobody knows the dynamic of the offense. Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady. So what is your best guess for the 13-point-per-game scoring reduction this season? Or is it simply they don't trust the offensive line to give them a chance, so let's just throw the ball quick? I mean, it's not really even a guess, okay? Like, Todd Bowles does not game plan the offense. Um, he's not in the meetings. He has his own job, which is calling the defense. He has said as much. Is he on the headset? Yes. Can he suggest that we you know, do this or that? More or less, yes, he can go for it on fourth down, all of that. Uh, he is the head coach after all. But, you know, while they're on offense, he's usually with his defense very often, trying to make adjustments when he can. So we do know how it's put together, and it's put together with Byron Leftwich, and it's put together with Tom Brady. And it has evolved in the last three years to where what you're seeing now is very less of Bruce Arians' offense, no risk it, no biscuit, and almost – exclusively what Tom Brady wants to do and has done during his years in New England. And that is he has typically tried at least to rely on some semblance of balance in a run game. But the Bucks can't run the football very well. So the easy answer is what you are seeing all is derives from a rebuilt offensive line, okay, that – began to disintegrate, if you will, with the retirement of Ali Marpet at age 28. They didn't see that coming. It happened. Now you need a guard. Alex Kappa, they were willing to let go to Cincinnati. They weren't going to re-sign him as a free agent. They re-signed Ryan Jensen instead. Okay, so Kappa was gone. They traded, you know, for uh, Shaq Mason. That was an adequate replacement for Alex Kappa, I think. Um, and then they drafted Luke Gedeke, who was a guy they were very high on out of Central Michigan, and he won the job at guard in training camp over Nick Leverett, except that he wasn't very good. And when Ryan Jensen went down and we started the podcast with Ryan Jensen, everything changed about that offensive line, everything. Because Robert Hainsey had a pretty good shot at winning that job at guard, and now he had to move to center, a position he had not played much less in the National Football League. So now you've weakened yourself tremendously at center. You lost a Pro Bowl center, an attitude guy, you know, tone setter. And now you, you've lost a guard, and the guy that was going to 
replace Ali Marpet potentially uh, in Robert Hainsey and now had to move to center. And you played Luke Gedeke, who you said won the job, but you know what? He wasn't ready. And for six or seven weeks, he struggled. And so between that and the injuries to Donovan Smith, injuries to Tristan Wirfs, it has been just a mosh pit of guys trying to hang on. Uh, And the biggest thing, the singular biggest factor is Tom Brady does not trust the protection. Okay, He will not hold the ball to let things develop down the field. And when he has, they haven't been particularly in sync. You know, how many deep shots has he hit? Um, How many has he missed? Way more than I can remember in previous years. Missed one the other night with Julio Jones. Was short on a throw to Mike Evans. It got intercepted. Um, So when you don't protect your, when you don't have confidence in your offensive line to protect you, and you can't run the ball, okay, now you now you're you're you know kind of messed up in two ways because Brady didn't start the season thinking you know what I want to lead the league again in pass attempts I did that last year with 719 the most of his career listen to me now the most of his entire career was at age 44 until this year now the most will be at age 45 by by a lot okay so He's going to lead the league in passing. This is not. This was not something Tom Brady wanted. Um, they talk about running the football. They they want balance, all that. It just doesn't happen, right? And they they come back to the same thing. The best chance we have to win is to make let number twelve put the ball in his hands and let him win it for us. And sometimes it's worked, and sometimes it hasn't. They've been good in two minutes. They've won three games that way either in the fourth quarter or overtime with Brady bringing him back from behind. But it's it's the offensive line, folks. If you don't – football has not really changed all that much, and it doesn't change from level to level. Whether your kid plays peewee, high school, college, or in the NFL, the big uglies, as they're called by Keith Jackson, the league great broadcaster, it's important to win the game in the trenches, right? That's That's where it's won. Can you impose your will on the guy in front of you? Can you move people? Can you create holes? Can you block? And if you can't do that, all the skilled players in the world, you could put Jerry Rice in his prime, um, you know, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, you know, Kellen Winslow. I mean, that wouldn't matter who was out there. If those guys can't protect, if they can't run block, None of those players I just mentioned you'd know about because they wouldn't be able to do their jobs, you know, and it all kind of starts with that offensive line. And it also has to do with the trust or the lack thereof that a guy at age 45 who knows I have to be there for my team every single week. Like even if we lose and even if I play hot potato with this ball all day and I don't make any plays and we don't score, but we lose. As long as I can play the next game, we're okay. We have a chance. As soon as I put myself in harm's way and get hurt, this season's over. And that's what Tom Brady knows. He signed up for the whole season, not I'm going to play you know, full out, take hits, and maybe I'll make it to eight games. He's trying to make it through an entire season. And right now, he's put them in position as bad as it's been. He's come back and won a bunch of games like he did against 
the Arizona Cardinals, and he's put them in position to win one game at home, one game at home against the Carolina Panthers, who have been decimated by, you know, trades and the coach getting fired and all of that. When one game at home against the Carolina Panthers, you're NFC South champions, you're hosting a wild card game, and that is exactly what you did a year ago. Okay? No better, no worse. So if he can do that and he can stay healthy to do that, then he's accomplished something. Now you get in the tournament. Now maybe he becomes, you know, a guy that's willing to let it all go, that's willing to stand in there and take some shots. I don't know. But it's certainly a different set of you know, goals once you get in there. Now you're three games from, you know, from being a world champion. So I, I'll i be interested to see how it plays out, but it definitely, definitely stems from the offensive line. And Byron Leftwich can take a lot of heat, and he has. He's the same guy that called plays when they were scoring 30 a game. The difference is personnel. People like to say, what's well, the same team? Where? Where is it the same team? Certainly not on offense, you know? I mean, let's let's not stop there. How about tight end? You lost Rob Gronkowski. And as much as you miss what him and Brady had in the passing game, where you really miss him is as a blocker in the run game. Kate Otten's going to be a really good player in this league, I think. He's got to gain about 10 pounds, and he's got to become a better blocker. Bruce Arian said the funniest thing I ever heard. I was talking to him about Kate Otten the other day. He goes, you know what? He'll fight his ass off, he goes, and he'll he'll lose, but he loses with dignity. <laughs> I thought that was so funny, man. <laughs> he loses with dignity. Um, but, you know, Clem and Coquife is what they have. It's a huge lot. And, and, you know, Julio Jones? Well, Julio Jones isn't Antonio Brown the final eight weeks of 2020, right? Antonio was there every week. Antonio practiced. Antonio made big plays. Antonio was a quick twitch guy. You don't have Antonio Brown, the train wreck that he was last year notwithstanding. You don't have that guy, right? Cam Brate, you hear anything from him these days? Another guy that's been hurt a lot, doesn't get separation, um, probably in his last season, at least in Tampa. You know, So there's a lot of differences, but the biggest difference on offense is that offensive line and the lack of trust. And it's not that he didn't like the guys, but they're just not up to it so far. And maybe if you get Jensen back, we'll see. But that's been the biggest difference because we see the ball come out. We see how teams are playing them. It's so hard to make a first down. Everything is so difficult. And scoring points, yeah, 17, 18 a game. That's it. All right, we got plenty of more mailbag questions for you on tomorrow's uh, show. The Lightning are back in action finally. They play the Montreal Habitants, the Canadians, at Emily Arena. And the Bucks will begin preparations for their huge game on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium against the Carolina Panthers. The winner of this game, well, if it's the Bucks, they clinch the NFC South. If it's not the Bucks, they'll have to need help from New Orleans and then have to beat Atlanta win the NFC South. So big game. We'll get you ready for that and more of your mailback questions tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.